It's a little bit scary at times. It's like a handful of lollies, right? <laughs> <laughs> I really, really wanted a shower. It feels like a privilege to run on the train. Mate, I'm only just starting to realise what this actually takes. <laughs> There's a method to the madness. And that's when it started to get really difficult. If you're out there running ultras, you've got to crave information and knowledge yeah. on all different areas. I just pretty much slid all the way down to the bottom mm. and then there was all these rocks. Oh, oh no, I'm going to be, you know, yeah, I'm going to get yeah. into trouble. Is that even humanly possible? I'm still feeling a bit. Yeah. Please. Yeah. There was uh, one really weird bit right at the end. I'm sure this will be the most listened to podcast. Notice that. Oh, absolutely. Charismatic. It's Don't go yourself, Connor. Hi, and welcome to Tales from the Midpipe uh, for 2023, New Year. I'm your host, Rebecca Hunt. This is a trail running podcast where you'll hear stories from everyday runners about their running adventures and get to listen to some experts. Um, today on the podcast, we have Sarah Bunnett. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Sarah has completed an amazing adventure running from Adelaide to Cape Tribulation and back, um, which it's now Cape Tribulation is just above Port Douglas in far north yes, Queensland. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, so before we hear about that incredible adventure, uh, we're going to get to know Sarah a little bit more. So when you aren't running, what do you get up to? Oh, I mean, for quite a few years, it's just been work. I've had a little business and, um, yeah, I, I sold my car actually maybe 15 years ago and I've just mainly run between jobs and and caught up with running groups in the evening. And so it's been a really good way to train for ultras, you know. And I sold my car and I realised that I don't really need it getting around Adelaide. Um, so r- riding or running... Yeah. yeah, and then in, in free time maybe I do reading and writing every day, so pretty simple life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And used to do some poetry, but yeah. you want to get back into that a bit more? Oh, yeah, I've just kind of lost the inspiration actually. I guess when training takes over and um, I'd write in, in a journal every day and I kept that up during the run um, up the East Coast, so yeah. Yeah, awesome. And how long have you been running and what got you into it? Oh, I think as a teenager, I'd just go up into the hills, actually, just to clear my mind, you know, especially during year 12. And I found it's just the best way to, to clear my mind for study. And and then I had a meditation teacher, um, Sri Chin Moy, that was a, when I was about 20. And I noticed everyone at the meditation centre was a runner. <laughs> so they were all running, you know, marathons, 24-hour races. And um, either that or long-distance cyclists or swimmers. So this, I learned that there's something in endurance sport, you know, that helps your mind and your spirit, everything, your emotions. Um, so, yeah, you're just talking to runners all day and, and get caught up in it. Start yeah. setting your own goals. And you weren't an athletic child no, growing up, were you? No, I'd, I'd more likely to sit in front of the TV, I think. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that sort of brought it forward, you know, and I found moving meditation was easier probably for me than just sitting cross-legged, you know. Was, mm. Yeah. So you ended up meditating with him for about 10 years, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's someone who's very much about you're capable of more than you think you can. Oh, so it wasn't sure. just the normalised behaviour of the other athletes about you, but it was probably a lot from oh, his teachings his as well. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. I think he just saw the potential in people. 
And yeah. he said, meditation's not an escape from the world. You know, it, it brings forward your creativity. It brings forward your athletic strength, you know. So mm. um, he, he would say, do your meditation first thing in the morning and then go out and do your running. And and he, he was a great artist and wrote over a thousand books. And I think his life showed us that it wasn't an escape. It was, yeah. you could enhance your life through spiritual means. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to give a bit of biography of your running history, which is pretty incredible. Uh, so there's many marathons, um, but there's also there's a lot of 24-hour events, 48-hour events, six-day events, 10-day events. Um, now, correct me on any of these, but I think the countries you've done some of these events in Australia, USA, Germany, South Africa, Sweden... Denmark, Monaco, <laughs> Greece, France, Hungary, Italy, um, and you've also had many uh, placings. So I think you set a course record at the South Australian, a uh, South Australian, South African yeah. six day, and that was in two thousand and eight. Yes. Um, and you've also just been backing yourself up year after year, like yeah. really consistent. You did seem to take a break in two thousand and seven. I don't know if that's too long ago for your memories. Oh, oh yeah, I think, um, yes. I don't think I did too many races that year. Mm. I think it was just a season of my life. I just stayed here and I still did a lot of training. But um, mm. And then I think, oh, I think around that time I might have met the Danish runner and we oh, yeah. ran across Europe together. So... Yeah, that, that I guess it was leading up to that. I was yeah, more was that afraid. the seven thousand kilometer yeah, thing from yeah. top of Norway? I I mean, I just met this runner, you know, Danish <laughs> runner at, in South Africa at a race, and he said, "Oh, I'm starting a run for Europe." So he um, invited me to start with him. <laughs> so um, yeah, that yeah, I think I did take a, a year of just reflection. I didn't um, perhaps yeah. feel like racing. That yeah, year. yeah. And obviously there was another break in 2020. I assume that was COVID-forced yes. break. Yes, it <laughs> yes. was. And it no was. overseas thing no. since then, unfortunately. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't really had the urge. I was always planning the next race, the next... And actually a friend said to me, you know, you go overseas so often. He said, environmentally, Sarah, this is not good, you know. <laughs> he said, the amount of, you know with aeroplanes you've got to think about this as well if you're an environmentalist and so I thought yeah why don't I just enjoy our continent a bit yeah, more you yeah. know it was so beautiful our country you mm. know and every time I've got back from overseas you enjoy it even more yeah yeah I would agree with that uh, and you run about 200k a week as a normal yeah. standard for you yeah yep. I would say yeah um so how do you fit that in, obviously, because you don't have a car? Yeah. Is it just like a little bits adding up kind of thing? Or do yeah. you do big runs? Yeah. Uh, on a Sunday, I usually um, kept a Sunday for my long run day. And that would sometimes be all day up in the hills. or mm. um, And the rest of the time just running between jobs and maybe an evening training. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, so before you were at Big Queensland Adventure, a huge event we've got to mention, I know you've done lots of interviews on this one, is the self-transcendence um, 3,100 mile race in New York, which is yeah. about 5,000 kilometres. Yeah, yeah. um, so this is an event you weren't actually allowed to compete in for a little bit. 
because yes. they didn't consider you experienced enough. So yeah. what what was kind of good enough in their minds to be able to go in this? Oh, well, I mean, that's an area of contention. Because <laughs> I see often that I thought the rules were a little different between men and women. Often men who have only done 24-hour races would be allowed in. Mm. But I had I seemed to have to... Um, Prove you your know, worth a little I, bit more. I think I won the ten day, their ten day in New York, two day, two years in a row maybe, and then they said okay, you know. So I don't know. Yeah. I just I don't know the reasoning, but um, yeah. I mean, I could talk a lot about religious sort of things. Yeah, like you, you weren't allowed to really quality. talk to the men in the event. Nah, it was, yeah. You know, <laughs> and I can see their reasoning. I think it's a little bit old school. Hmm. It's quite serious, their, their path, you know, that um, with men and women mixing. And so yeah, I have to respect that as well, you know. <laughs> yeah. But you did get in and yes. it was a dream event for you. What, what made it a dream event for you? Oh, I, I just felt so grateful, actually, because the year before I'd tried as well and I went in with an injury and it was just a really tough experience like every second step was painful right from the start and yeah. then they gave me another go the next year yeah know. so yeah, it's saw um, that you were out yeah because of a heel yeah. injury yeah ask about that. but you went in with the heel injury oh, I thought yeah. I'd never get a chance to do that race again so when they asked me to do it I was like yep yeah, doesn't matter I'll just go yeah but um so the next year I was feeling fitter and um yeah, I just wake up in the morning. I I just love that routine of you'd wake up, do a little meditation. Someone would pick you up at five thirty in the morning, take you to the track, and we all had to meditate at the start line at six. Yeah, and we had till midnight to do hundred k's or so. And the top runners were doing maybe one hundred and twenty k's a day. Wow. So, yeah. Because um, you had to average ninety six to be able to complete yes, it, didn't complete you? It. Yeah. yeah. So I sort of had that aim of about a hundred a day and. Yeah, I think when you're just running, it definitely clears your mind and, you know, that's your full focus. So it's a privilege to be able to do it. You don't often get a chance to do that in life. You've got to do your laundry, you've got to do your work. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And it's only like, it was 883 metres around a school perimeter, like in Queens, was it? Yes. So you are not even doing a 1k on each yeah. loop so yeah. you are seeing yeah. the same things over and over and over yes. so it's not even any scenery to like your, that your mind can focus on yeah yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you're just totally in your head inner experience you know <laughs> yeah it's um i think a lot of the runners that are eastern european very strong willed you know yeah. and they did remind me of zen monks you know they're yeah. just fully focused and and you help each other because you're on that small loop. Mm. So someone would say, you're all right. You know, if you start walking, they'd say, you know, come and run with me a few laps. And we'd help each other or tell each other a stupid joke. And yeah, and um, so it was a good experience to be on that same loop with everyone. And, yeah. And bonus, you got to be the first Australian woman to complete yeah, that. Yes. Yeah. That was, yeah. yeah. And second woman overall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. You do describe it as the toughest, most challenging, relentless task you've ever tackled. Yeah. So it certainly wasn't an easy experience. No. Um, especially the afternoons, I think, because it was in the middle of summer in New York. Hmm. I'd have a little nap maybe around midday in a van on the side of the road. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then um, 
the afternoons were but as soon as the sun went down everyone got more energy and yeah. uh, I mean it's, it's <laughs> difficult but yeah I think inwardly you just you feel so good at the end of it that yeah <laughs> You went through 16 pairs of shoes, I think. Oh, I think Kid. that might have been exaggerated. Oh, maybe. yeah? yeah. <laughs> probably I went through maybe eight or ten. But, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And it was founded by um, Sri Chinmoy. That's right. So what did that foundation bring to the race? Like you said, you meditated yeah. at the start line. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I asked some of the top runners, like, what's your preparation for what's your preparation for the race and most of them would be it's a lot of meditation you know it's um trying to rely on whatever you call it god or the universe or and you realize that um you know as you can be absolutely prepared but if you go in more with an ego you know you don't have that foundation it's more um a spiritual way to go into the race you know and uh less of a race like trying to beat each other it's more just set your daily goals and and you find you do pray like inwardly you know for help when you (laughs) when you go through torture yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um the, the video of your finish is, is quite the tearjerker. Mm-hmm. So you're carrying flags, there's horns, yeah. cowbells, the <laughs> cheering crowd. You're given bunches of flowers. Yeah, they put a laurel on your head um, and you're serenaded for a very long time. Yeah. yeah it was beautiful. Yeah, all of the runners, they do a really nice ceremony and the yeah. singers come out and sing your national song. And Yeah. Yeah. So what has stayed with you from that experience, do you think, the most strongly? I mean, I think it's just part of your life journey. It was a, a pinnacle of my life, mm. and I've actually applied many times and not been able to get in for some reason. So I think it's it's definitely a pinnacle. But you see your life sort of leading up to that. You know, all mm. the races you've done, all the daily training. Um, so I think running is, no matter how you do it, it's a beautiful experience for me. You know. Mm and and other races have stuck in my mind just as much you know so mm. I think it's just an experience of life and yeah 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 and sometimes you get much more just out of your daily training when you're totally on your own just out in the bush um no no one watching <laughs> so yeah. this is just uh, some of these experiences are just as nice but yeah 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 uh so your Adelaide to Cape Tribulation Adventure so you were aiming to do, I think initially like 50, 60K a day, yeah. but more by the end it was 40, yeah, 50K a day. Yeah. Yes. And you started October 15th, 2021, which was actually not long after you'd oh, just done a six-day yes. event in Thorndon That's Park. It. Oh, that was, a, I did a, about a thousand Ks along the River Murray, just as a yeah. training sort of to oh, see how much yeah, yeah, yeah. it would go. That, so that was a practice, yeah. that start. That's okay, it. so when did you officially start doing I think it was remember? about mid-December sort of time okay um, maybe 10th or 11th or yeah um and then i had christmas and new year sort of on the great ocean road so. yeah and when did you finish yeah. um i got up there let's see if i can get my dates i think <laughs> it was um may yeah got up to cape tribulation and then um and then actually i had a few months work up there 
um, in a campsite just by chance. They said, do you need a job? And I was like, well, actually, that would help me to get back. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, yeah. so I took a job, um, you know. Yeah. They, they need so much work up there, actually, after COVID and oh, everything wow. opening up again. So, yeah. 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 So I think it took about five months to go up. Yeah. And about the same to come back? Yeah, it was a little less. I think about four and a half. Um, yeah. I had to get back to look after this dog, <laughs> friend's dog. So I had a goal to get back by Christmas. So. Yeah. <laughs> so what was this trip all about for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it's been on my mind for quite a while, for quite a few years to just pack up and, um, you know, push the baby stroller, buy a good stroller and just go. But it did take me a couple of years to actually get the courage to say, okay, that's it. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I think it was it was almost like an inner voice one morning. I, I've had this experience maybe three or four times in my life, you know, when you're really at a crossroads in life yeah. and you feel this inner go, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I did feel this voice. It, it said, I am leading you. You want freedom. Go. Yeah. And, and I just heard it when I woke up one morning and I was like, okay, then, then it gives you confidence because you think, okay, well, I'm not alone. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be helped, you know. <laughs> yeah. And you got a lot of time to yourself. Yeah. And yeah. Um, like you're saying, explore the country, yeah. appreciate the continent that you're in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you also uh, were kind of spreading the word for Trees for Life yeah. along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people would stop and just say, you know, are you doing this or can I donate? And... So I just give the website for Trees for Life. And um, yeah, I just met a lot of people who are either doing something for conservation, you know, planting trees, or I'd meet people along the way, they'd just stop and they'd say, oh, we live in a permaculture, you know, yeah. society in, yeah. on the coast, you know. So I, yeah, one, one time it was amazing. There was this um, aeroplane dropping chemicals on on the crops you know and I mm. they could see me going past but you know it didn't matter they were just dropping it all and I thought oh yeah and I, I just realized how much you know how many chemicals are going into the soil and right up ahead some people just stopped and they said oh we saw what happened we we live in a permaculture you know organic farm and so yeah. it just seemed to happen in synchronicity I'd have an experience and then I'd meet someone who was dealing with a solution you know yeah, so yeah, yeah. it was really nice yeah. yeah um now this is not a question uh this is talking about kind of the the footprints that you left behind on your journey so there was a journalist jamie jansen who wrote an article yes. on you in about may and then uh train again sorry listeners uh so at the end of the year she wrote back she, she reflected back on 2022 and decided which story inspired her the most and she chose your oh, wow. journey as the one that inspired her the most. Oh. And so some of the things she said about it were uh, meeting you was a day that would teach me an important life lesson. Um, Sarah's story captivated me because of her determination and passion for nature and the environment. I can only have the utmost respect for that and I hope many people will see her as an inspiration and said, I hope this story will also end your year with a renewed sense of possibility and a fresh passion to do good in the world. Wow. Mm. So, and I know you met so many people on the way, but there's someone saying what they gained from meeting you on the way. 
So, yeah, that's very cool. really nice to hear. But I get equal inspiration from others, you know, that's it. Uh, You were on ABC Radio and it was a really good interview. So I'm picking, like, (laughs) cherry picking a little bit here uh, because, and she was being tongue in cheek, but Mm. I would imagine that um, kind of her reaction to how kind of crazy what you do is, Mm. is a bit of a reaction that you do have to face. Uh, and this was about the transcendental thing, but the it's an international war crime and torture oh, <laughs> was how she yes. described it. And do so. My question is like, do you find it sometimes difficult to discuss what you do because there is that what yeah. that's crazy reaction that you can get? Oh, I mean, even my own mother saying, <laughs> "Poor people," you know that what that spiritual teacher is doing, you know, is a terrible thing. <laughs> but yeah. I think I think when you're training or doing an event like that, you're you're definitely lifting your life up to a different level of happiness. I find, you know, because um, you definitely have to put in the hours of training, and I find I'm absolutely happiest when I'm putting in full effort every day. And um, running's just my means of it's almost like opening up to whatever you call it, the universe or and even days when I'm just basically walking and I feel like I'm still moving forward and yeah so um yeah it's yeah. <laughs> it, uh, I mean some people won't understand why we do it you know mm. and that's okay but they may get inspiration you know five years down the track if they're going through a difficult time in life they might think oh well I can always go out for a jog or so yeah but like even me as a runner when you said oh yeah you were running here today like I had to consciously stop myself from saying oh we can hold it somewhere else or I could come get I'm like no no (laughs) so we even um fall to that but obviously you know for you it's really normalized and a part of your life um the media did give you a nickname on your travels uh which I think possibly makes you a superhero uh, but it was pram lady so I'm not sure that would be the superhero name you would have chosen (laughs) Uh, so why was a pram your choice for transportation of all your gear yeah uh well I mean I suppose it's not really my idea because when I met this Danish runner uh he he was running with a stroller and he said oh we'll get one each you know so that we carry our own stuff and so then we went through Europe pushing strollers and um didn't have any hassles with it and so yeah it's just a good way you know you can do it with a backpack but I find this is just a lot easier yeah you know on your back and um I mean you can have a support car and everything but I think he Mm. taught me that you can do it in a really simple way you know and motor free and uh yeah and and it's actually easier to go out and find a bush camp and because you haven't got a car to worry about you just push it out into the bush and yeah so yeah, how'd it go on the terrain? Um, oh well, I stuck to the roads mostly. Um, some backtracks through the Kurong and that kind of thing. But um, once I had a few tire issues and wheel issues with the bearings, and I yeah. so, so I tried to go easy and not so many backtracks. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was it like getting parts for it when you needed to? Oh, that was. Um, Actually, just after the floods, I, I stopped for a few days because the roads closed in New mm. South Wales and then the, ty- the wheels went and 
all the mechanics were full. They said, no, we're dealing with cars, we can't fix it. And I just happened to find one guy who said, okay, bring it in, you know, and he yeah. pulled the bearings out. And so it was just, I think it was really a blessing that I'd meet people, you know, yeah. and I met a beautiful man in Victoria and he'd often come out in his bike and was very good with bike tyres, so he'd do a bit of work on it. Is that it. the one who put the magic yes. stuff inside? <laughs> Yes, yeah. the magic glue in the tires. Yes, and would only but, take um, chocolate as payment yeah, for his yeah. assistant. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So he, he was a keen cyclist. So he, he came out a few times when I was up north, mm. and um, yeah, so that was really nice. Yeah, that's really cute. So you passed through some incredibly stunning landscapes. What are some of the special memories about the scenery and natural environment that yes. you got to experience on the way? Oh, I mean, it's all beautiful, but probably the pristine nature, you know, up in the Daintree, and um, it was actually nice spending some time around Cape Tree because you yeah. get up and run to a waterhole and do your morning swim, and it's just gorgeous, you know. Yeah. So following the coast, I, I found it was really good. I could swim every day. and um, There was a dip in Mossman Gorge, I think you said, was particularly beautiful. Very nice, yes. And they've done it up quite well now. They have little, no cars going up there, just a little bus service. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, and actually uh, some of the central coast was beautiful too. And I had a very nice experience. An Aboriginal man stopped one night and asked if he could give me an official welcome to the area because yeah. he said it's a very sacred area. So he played the didgeridoo on the side yeah. of the road. and I think you had to close your eyes yeah, and stand in yes, a receptive that's it. pose. He asked me just yeah. to have my hands open and receiving yeah. and he said keep your eyes closed. and Yeah, so just little glimpses of meditation like that along the way is very beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... People was what I was going to ask about next, um, or Road Angels was your yeah. your name for the people that you met, yeah. um, and obviously they were key um, to your experience. And you've got so many stories. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some others that spring to mind? I know you'd be like, I don't want to leave anyone out, but yeah, yeah. what are the ones that you just come to your mind now? Oh. Like the police officers, I loved that story at the oh, border. Yes, yeah, yes, that's right. Um, yeah, crossing over into Victoria. I hesitated actually because I got to the border and the it was during COVID, you know, mm. it was quite and the South Australian police were said, Oh, you know, if you go across you might not get back, you know. <laughs> so I just was like, Oh god. But as yeah. soon as I pushed into Victoria, these uh, two Victorian police came and they asked all about the stroller and they wanted to push it and <laughs> a man and a woman, you know, and then they said, Oh, and then a half an hour later, they drove off. Half an hour later, came back with food from the bakery and fruit and Powerade. And they said, oh, here you go. And do you, do you maybe need some new shoes? We can go into Portland and buy some shoes. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy, you know. Yeah. And um, so I wrote about it. And actually, the head of police in Victoria contacted mm. me later and said, oh, you know, could you write something about uh-huh. that experience? Because we often get a really bad rap and I'd like to share it in the police force. And Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, that was, yeah, really, really nice. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, uh, I don't know if I'm saying it right, Niazi? 
on Christmas Day, oh, share Christmas yes. Day with you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, just people like that would stop. And he was so kind. He was an African man. He was driving back to Melbourne along the Great Ocean Road after seeing, I think, his children. And he gave me drinks and he yeah, kept in touch after that. He said, are you sure you don't need a lift back? They, some yeah. people just couldn't quite understand why I'd be out there in 40 degrees, you know, <laughs> just yeah. pushing a pram along the road. So a lot of people, especially during the floods, would stop and say, put your baby in our car, you know. Oh, that, yeah, because it's a pram, yeah. Baby. So, um, no. Yeah. Actually, I think ne- Neville is the mm-hmm. tyre guy. Yes. Gave you a bit of a lecture Oh, yeah. about um sun safety yes. didn't he worrying about you being out in the yeah. sun and the heat he's, and... that's his nature he will just <laughs> tell you so he went and bought me a hat he yeah. said put a hat on put your sunscreen on i've seen too many people with cancer <laughs> yes. yeah he um he was really like an older brother who just yeah. lectured me a little bit and, yeah yeah that's funny um so people did worry about you I know you wore a reflective vest a lot yes. of the time to yeah. try and stay safe and you yeah. went really slowly. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think you had to do a lot of running right next to like high speed roads. I think yeah. you didn't always have a choice yes. of an alternate path. Yeah. So were there times where it was dangerous on this journey? Um, yes. I mean, the highways are usually not too bad because you have quite a shoulder, you know, for cyclists and but I just noticed coming through the Coorong here, there was absolutely no shoulder on this road going into, I think it was Beachport. Or, um, wow. So some, sometimes I'd just run towards the traffic. And, yep. and if a car came, I'd have to push it off the road. And if a big truck came, I'm sure there are a lot, lot of near misses. So I was a bit, you know. And often the police would stop and say, look, we should put your thing in the car here. And I'd explain what I was doing. And... Um, so, yeah, no, I think it was just to go that length and not have any real incidents. But most people are very considerate. You know, you mm. realise if they do see you, that they'll pull out. Yeah. Even the truckies, they were talking on the two-way radio, saying, oh, there's a walker on the road or a runner. And yeah. So, um, yeah, that was really good people. <laughs> yeah. So you said, yeah, you didn't have any bad experiences no, no. Um, maybe only two or three where I there might, might, might be some aggressive sort of people I remember one night a farmer came out and told me really to get away from his property you know he was so he swore at me and I said oh look I, I'm not camping here I'm not but he no so you have some okay interesting <laughs> experiences you know but yeah wow so you, you were bush camping, right? Yes. Um, just pulling off. Um, so how did that go? Were there any times you couldn't find a good place to stay when you needed? Oh, yeah, sometimes I, I had had a bad habit of going right to the nightfall. And mm. I'd tell myself at about, you know, half an hour of light, look for a camp spot. And then the little kid in me would say, no, 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 I can go a bit longer. This yeah. is really fun, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd get a second wind around the nightfall. Yeah. Um, yeah, but most times it was really nice. I could just go down a little track off the highway and, and find a nice spot. But sometimes I get, did get quite edgy, you know. And um, Yeah, a few nights I'd call Nev and, you know, he'd talk me through it. No, no, that noise in the bush, no, no, that's just yeah. a possum, you know. Yeah. He'd, he'd <laughs> calm my nerves a bit. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, and water sources. Yeah. How do you go with keeping oh, yourself yeah. stocked up? Well, that's probably why I didn't go across the top. A lot of friends were saying, oh, now you have to go across top of Australia. But I found if it was more than 100k between towns, I'd start having to push too much water. Uh, so you'd um, kind of stock up with in the stroller? Yes. Yeah. If I knew I had 80 or 100Ks, I'd have to carry quite a bit of water. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the main. I would have loved to do the whole country, but I think on your own it's... Um, yeah. If I had a wheel problem and out in the middle of nowhere. So. Uh, but most times I could carry enough, you know, and um, top up if there was a little yeah. town. Across the Kurong, actually, they only had a little... Um, there was 150k with a little coffee van halfway. Oh, okay. Yeah, just at Salt Creek. Wow. And I got there with about 15 minutes before <gasps> they closed, you know. So I yeah. was like, Ooh. <laughs> I was really, all my bottles were empty. And oh, wow. So, yeah, um, so that's scary. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was really pushing to get there. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, and obviously, food was the same. You stocked up, yeah, had it in your stroller. and Yes. So you didn't have a watch. Or anything like that at the in your big adventure. Yeah. I see you got a watch. I do. You do have a watch, watch, but yes. In terms of those fancy sport watches, oh, no. <laughs> you don't run with them. Um, I didn't have a watch actually. I don't usually wear one. Yeah. But um, Nev bought me a watch once I got up at the top, and so I started wearing it, and and now I've got a cheap like Woolies kind of one on. But um, yeah. Yeah, I. I mean. I'm not really into the whole GPS thing, and I know that if you're going for a record or something, then you need to be very accurate and record yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. So if I was doing that, I'd. But yeah, I'm not so into. I've never worn a watch for years, and I've just started now, so it's kind of nice to be a bit more on time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so you had a bit of unexpected. Um, we talked about you know people you met, but you had a bit of an unexpected person come into your life on this big adventure as well. You yeah. found love on the, the road, which yes. is incredible. So how did that come about? Oh, yeah, that's Nev. Like I, um, oh, well, I sort of, for many years, I decided I just wanted to focus on my spiritual life. So I hadn't had a relationship for maybe eight years or, and um, just wanted to focus on my meditation, running, so I went into this run just thinking, no, this is a perfect opportunity to be like a running nun, you know. <laughs> just, I don't want any of that stuff. <laughs> and But I think Nev had different ideas. You know, we met on the side of the road yeah. and he said, oh, I'm going to come out next weekend. And I thought, oh, God. <laughs> so we went to Wilson's Prom and explored around there. And then, yeah, so things happen. And um, he's an amazing such a giving person you know yeah. i think he's really like an, an angel you know yeah, in a yeah. human body so um yeah we're still trying to navigate you know because i have that side of my personality that just loves freedom mm -hmm. you know and he's the opposite he would just love to spend all all the time together mm -hmm. so i think he realizes that if if we're in a relationship there'll be times when i'll just need to go off and do my own thing and so it's it's navigating what's being selfish and what's considered the other person because when you're on your own you're only doing your own thing you mm. know so yeah. I'm learning yeah <laughs> I don't know. we'll see how it works out yeah yeah that's lovely 
So you've been together about a year now, I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, kind of switching topics, um, your body. Yeah, um, yeah. So you're doing this adventure at mid-40s. Mm-hmm. I did have a conversation with someone only two days ago where yeah. they were, they want to get back into running and they just were asking, am I too old? Yeah. Um, in their early 50s and, yeah. you know, I think everyone in the ultra running world knows no, no, absolutely not. No, no, no way at all. Yes. Um, but yeah, how did the body hold up in yeah. such a huge adventure? Like yeah. it can, it really yes. can. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think my body's more designed perhaps for endurance, you know, to go a bit slower and certainly pushing the baby stroller. I was forced to walk a lot of it, you know, mm. up hills and, um, mm. so I find if I, if I don't rush, then, then I can do it, but I certainly got very tired and there were times when Nev would come out and say, okay, you know, tonight let's go to explore this waterfall or you'd want to, yeah. and I had to try and explain, you know, I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. I don't, I have nothing to give, you know, no. and so, um, Get, yeah. You gave it to the day's journey. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. it. And yeah. Then, then you put up your tent and you're just really ready to just read a book and relax and, um, you know, perhaps I, I need to learn to relax a bit more because I'd often go to bed at midnight or even when mm. I was on my own, I'd sit up yeah. and read a book. And, but you definitely, I'm learning that rest is part of the training almost or yeah. part of the journey. You need yeah. to respect it. And certainly if you didn't get enough sleep, you'd feel it definitely the next day. But um, as far as injuries, I'm, I'm very grateful. You know, I think swimming every day would help in the ocean or just... Because you swam a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fortunately, I had warm weather all the way up, so um, that helps the muscles, you know, and yeah. stretching every day. And How about nasties in the water as you were getting further up oh, Queensland? Yes, Did you manage I'd... to not face anything yeah. or...? I'd I'd saw a few crocs definitely and I'd wow. yeah sunning themselves on the side of a river or so I'd certainly ask you know if I, the locals or I'd pass a caravan park and I'd ask the owner is it okay and sometimes I'd say absolutely not do not get in the water do not go any, anywhere near it <laughs> and um and then I'd get a bit better at just learning where they wouldn't be you know if it was a fast flowing stream and it was quite shallow and you could see the bottom yeah. often that was so I'd have a really quick swim <laughs> to yeah. jump out just in case but yeah yeah no it's it's a joy down in south in the south because you don't have to worry about crocs or no yeah yeah I was swimming recently and saw jellyfish Did you? and yes. it was like they'll hurt me but they won't kill me right. I, I do like living in south oh, australia yes. <laughs> um you did cut the end of your shoes to yeah. try and guarantee you wouldn't get blisters yeah so that did that work yeah that's yeah. a little trick i've learned um if you've got any friction on the side of the shoe or the toes usually i'll just snip a little hole and um just freeze up the feet a little bit more yeah so that okay that works yeah good trick <laughs> yeah. and you must be uh you know queen of um setting up a, a cam because you had to do it so many yeah. times yeah and you probably learned to cull and get it down to a real minimalist yeah. camping. So yeah. what, in from your experience, are the essentials? If you're mm-hmm. carrying everything you need with you, yeah. um, 
Yeah, what do you need for camping? Um, I mean, if, if I was going on a journey like this, I mean, you just need a lightweight tent. Sometimes I would just buy a $50 tent, you know, it doesn't have to be anything extreme. Mm. Um, and little sleeping mat or a roll-up mattress, roll-up foam mattress and, and your sleeping bag. And I didn't carry any cooking gear, I just sort of ate cold stuff, you know, yep, sandwiches. Yep. And um, But you can bring a little stove. But every little thing adds more weight, you know. Yes. And I could have cut it down as well. I'd, um, some things I'd find I found a unicorn on the side of the road so I kept that as a little pet you know so <laughs> that was not necessary but some things you find you pick up and yeah. you carry them yeah but I think I think water is probably the main weight mm. you know so if you and, and a few times I'd have to get my tight um, my wheels get the spokes done properly and so that they didn't buckle under extra weight so yeah. water is probably the biggest yeah weight yeah, but it's it's not difficult, you know, this kind of thing. I think the main thing is starting. Once you start, and it's not like there are no supermarkets or anything out there, you'll pass places where you can, yeah. you know, get extra supplies. And No, it's definitely doable. And yeah. you can do it at your own pace. That's the thing. It's not a race. It's, yeah. you know. Yeah. Did you have to save up a long time to be able to do this? Oh, I mean, I don't have a lot of money. I just had a little cleaning business. And, yeah. Um, so I don't have a lot of expenses. I just lived in a mm. little yeah. bed sit sort of thing and um, saved up. But, yeah, I mean, it's a very – if you're doing a journey like this, unless you want to stay in hotels and caravan parks, yeah. that adds up. But yeah. if you want a bush camp, it's quite – you've got no real expenses except food. So, yeah. And then the odd tyre mm. and running shoes. So. I guess I'm, I'm really aware of how often I see signs that say no camping. Yeah. Um, yes. So, yeah, I think, you know, how easy is it I to know. find bush camping on yes. your adventures? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd have to go down a sidetrack, which was good because you'd get away from the highway for a while, yeah. the noise of the highway. But often you can find a side road with a bit of bush. Um, yeah, there are a few times when it said no camping, but I'd get there at like, 9 30 at night and i think oh who's gonna know yeah <laughs> just go in and leave really early in the morning yeah yeah which is not ideal but yeah often if i met the police sometimes you know they would be very nice and they'd understand yeah. that it's a girl on their own yeah so they'd say make sure you're safe you know and yeah yeah so um i think they'd sort of overlook it doing yeah. something yeah. like this <laughs> it's not like you've got a big full drive going through the bush or yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and keeping on top of um, getting enough calories yeah. for you know all the energy your body's expending, yeah. were you yeah. able to do that, or was it really tough at first to um, find that rhythm of getting enough food in? Oh, look, I don't think in. I think probably over the years my body's adjusted to um, using calories pretty well. I could have a better diet. I tried to be vegetarian. <laughs> So I'd just buy some tofu and bread and stuff at a supermarket. And so it wasn't a lot of cooked meals and I probably did get a bit depleted, you know. Yeah. In the morning, I just kind of don't feel like eating. I just have a coffee and um, maybe some fruit or something. But I'm sure there's a real science behind it. How to, and I probably yeah. would feel less tired if I, <laughs> you know, did yeah. just have a cheese sandwich for dinner. Or, But I, I think... 
it, yeah, very simple. Mm. As long as I have a good coffee each day and um, and get some protein, whether it's tofu or you know eggs or something. Yeah. I went through a phase where I, I was eating raw eggs in a cup, you know, just to get a bit of extra protein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you realise you don't need. I've never been into all these big gel, fancy gels and things. I think for me personally, I seem to work better just on simple. Yeah. Yeah. Were there any treats you gave yourself? Oh, I mean, everyday chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Everyday chocolate bar. Um, Yeah. Oh, probably a nice coffee. That, you know, if I pass through a town and just have a nice latte, or that was a good treat, you know. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. And so you you set out with the intention, I'm going all the way to Cape Tribulation, but it wasn't a definite, you were coming back. Yeah. But then you had, you said you had an opportunity, you kind of funded it by working up yeah. at the caravan park. So yes. you got offered work up yeah, there? Yeah, I just went up there and someone came out of a campsite, you know, and said, oh, you know, they asked about what I was doing. And they said, you know, we've got work if you want to work, you know, we've got. And they, they happened to be making a big Hollywood movie in Cape Trip then. And I think, you know, these famous people, Kim Kardashian, all these people were getting limousines up there. And they said, just for a few months, we're hosting, you know, the camera crew. And so it was a perfect opportunity. I got like 12-hour days working um, for a couple of months. And that, and I mean, part of me wanted to keep going. I I had this Mm. sort of vision of going up through Asia. And I thought... I love this lifestyle, you know, I could just keep going. But then I kind of looked into visas and to go to Vietnam, for instance, you need to know exactly when you arrive, Mm. exactly the date you leave. And I just thought, it's a bit of a hassle. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'll just go back. (laughs) (laughs) Was it a bit of a shock to the system to stop moving every day? Oh, or was it? Uh, I think every day I'll start my run and start my day with a run and a swim and even with so, a twelve-hour working day. Yeah. Wow. So it's yeah. basically just walking. I mean, working and then um, going out for my run in the evening and um, you know I'm not really one to hang out at the pub or no. <laughs> so I would just amuse myself in the morning and the yeah. evening and yeah um, sleep pretty well at night. And what did they have you doing? Was it quite physical? I was uh, a bit of everything, working in the reception and yeah. cleaning rooms. They had some little cabins there where the yeah. camera crew and that was staying. Working in the pub, running meals. They had a little hotel there on site. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of everything, a bit of gardening. And, yeah, uh, yeah I think they just needed people to cover all bases. You yeah, know, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you were still like moving all day, yeah, every day. All day. Yeah. yeah. Not stuck at a reception yes. desk or anything. That's it. Yeah. 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 And then did you find your groove pretty quickly when you started the return journey? Oh, that I got into it yeah. quickly? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, I guess it takes the, the body a few days to adjust, you know, to get, get back to moving all day. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think at my pace, I mean, I am getting older too, and I'm not. <laughs> so I'm a, a pretty slow pace, you know. When Nev came out with his bicycle, he'd sort of do a big loop around and come back and meet me, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd fall off his bike if he was going like that. So. <laughs> and yeah. I think, am I correct, you took a break at one point to go back? 
oh, home yeah. and and but you did the Thorndon event. Yeah, they yeah. Have a six day race yeah. on every year, and I part of me is like, oh, I don't want to miss it. You yeah. Know? So I looked into flights, and I got a flight back yeah. for the race. So yeah, that was. I mean, I was tired. I have to. Yeah. Admit. Some of the runners said, "Geez, you look tired." When I got to the start <laughs> line, you know, so yeah, I wasn't properly prepared. I think you have to do a lot more quality training to do a decent race. Yeah. But it, yeah, still enjoyable. And then you flew back yeah, and then continued your journey. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So what are some of the um, kookier things that happened along the way? Like, I think you rescued an eagle, oh, as it, yeah. for example. Yeah, like, yeah. Just um, there was an eagle on the side of the road. I think it had been hit by a car, had a hurt wing. Yeah. And I just sat with it, you know. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have the courage to grab it. And, um, and I tried to wave down a lot of... Um, motorists no one would stop and then suddenly these two men from Papua New Guinea stopped and they got out and one said I love eagles you know (laughs) he said I love them and he just walked up to them and picked it up and um they said I will take it to the vet so he called a vet and um so yeah just beautiful little things like that happen along the way yeah you know yeah yeah Yeah. and what's it been like settling back into yeah, your normal oh, life. Yes. <laughs> oh, now I'm eager to get going again, mm. you know. it's. I guess it's been good to have a break. It's a beautiful house. I'm looking after a friend's dog. and um, Yeah, but I feel like it's not the end. Like now I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah. have you got any ideas of what yeah, your next adventures might be? Of Tasmania, I've been thinking... Mm-hmm. While it's nice weather, there might be a chance to go down there and do some running. Um, and Nev actually has a, he's working on a big dream as well. You know, he said, Oh, what if we cycle around Australia? Or, and he said, Or oh, I can cycle and you can run and I'll carry all the gear, you know. So Nev's really, he's, he's eager to do something. So we're sort of working on plans and, um, yeah. But sometimes I find you can think too much, you know, and sometimes it's better just to go off and do something and you can clear your mind while, yeah. you're, while you're out there. Because how long did it take you to actually prepare everything logistically that you needed to to get started yeah, on this adventure? Um, you don't really need enough. I mean, a, a, a lot. A lot you, yeah. don't, you don't need a lot. You um, just made sure I had the tent and a basic gear, a few pairs of running shoes. Yeah. The main thing I did want to do that initial run just to see how to go, you know, whether I had any tire problems or so mm. you just have a stock of um, yeah. spare tubes and um, yeah, it's I mean it's as long as you've got towns coming up, you know, it's good if you go to town every fifty k's and if something happens. Um, there was one time when I had a big blowout of the tire and. Uh, I pulled into a truck stop and camped for the night and uh, and I just happened to meet a beautiful elderly couple and they said, oh, we'll drive you to Rockhampton to get a new tyre, you know. So, yeah. I mean, without meeting people like that, I'd probably be <laughs> stuck, you know, but it just makes you so grateful. There, there are really nice people out there, mm. you know. So I think that's part of the faith that if something really goes wrong, then... Something will happen you yeah. know, to help you. Yeah. So not yeah, not too much practice. Cool. Yeah. 
Mm. When you came back to yeah, normal life, yeah. does that did that really? Because you said you have your own um, cleaning business. Yeah. Does being away that long from clients kind of yeah. mean you're starting from scratch and yes. building a customer base? Yeah, it was just yeah. um, fortunate. I got a few calls um, at the end of the year saying, "Oh, you know, are you coming back? <laughs> <laughs> are you?" So I've got a few jobs here while I'm here for a few weeks. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, basically you have to yeah quit your job. I think if you're going to take a year off and mm. um, yeah, and have faith that. You can rebuild afterwards. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not really... I don't have a big mortgage. I've always lived quite simply. But sometimes it is a little bit of a worry, you know, because you think, God, am I being irresponsible? You know, you've got to, you've got to be an adult, you know. You can't yeah. just run around all the So, and, and if... You know, sometimes work is offered to you, you know, out on the road. They're dying for workers, like out yeah. in rural areas. So there's always a chance to stop and work in yeah. a cafe or... Yeah, I was going to say, what kind of yeah. things do they need out there? Yes, often hospitality, you know, yeah. in the hotels or restaurants and um, campsites and things. So often out on the road, if, if you really need money, there's a chance to get work. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. cool. So, so no clear direction of the next adventures. No. The six-day event has been taken over by yes. somebody. Yes. Do you think you'll be back at that? Possibly. Possibly. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, there are quite a few of those six-day races, and and sometimes I miss you know going. There's one in France coming up in a few months. Yeah. So. Um, but I think with my limited resources, you know, I have to pick one thing. Either you go off on another big. Yeah. To, you can't really mix it up too much. Maybe one race or two races along the way, but yeah, yeah. For me, I think I want to do too much sometimes. And <laughs> it's good to stick to one path sometimes. Yeah, yeah. and then work in a more focused way towards yeah, that right. goal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how the mind works. Oh, I could, I could do that or that, or and it's good to have possibilities. But yeah, if you are too scattered, then yeah, it's. Yeah. <laughs> so you, one of your primary goals on this adventure was to promote awareness of the work that Trees for Life do. Yes. And do you feel you achieved that goal that you that the word was spread and did, like connecting with lots of people who are really passionate about the environment yes. and Yes, definitely. Yeah. I think no matter what organization or what people are doing, you know, I got inspired by learning about what people are doing, uh, planting trees and weeding and everything people are doing. But I think that's definitely one of the main inspirations to start this run. Because I was actually having dreams at night about trees being cut down and I'd wake up sort of with tears, you know, mm. and I felt in my heart, oh, and I didn't know how to... So I, I, I think this whole run was more about learning, you know, from people and listening to people and also listening to the other perspective because I'd sort of get down on farmers and they'd say, well, we have to make a living too and we're trying to slowly change our habits and with chemicals and clearing the land. So it was just a whole learning experience for me. But um, if I was to do another long journey like this, I'd certainly want to promote you know, conservation again. And yeah, I think living simply, you know, mm. sort of, 
if you have a choice to drive the car or, or you can run or ride, then just make daily choices, you know, to simplify and so yeah. Lighten the footprint. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much for coming in and talking about your experience today. Uh, The trains seem to be extra noisy today, but it happens. The tracks expand, I think, in the hot weather. (laughs) Um, And I'll have links in the show notes for anything we've mentioned, as always. So, for example, Trees for Life links in there as well. But, yeah, thank you. And and well done. Um, You're an incredible, incredible adventure. Happy trails, everyone. Um.